0: If the petitioner or principal beneficiary in an immigrant petition dies, may USCIS still approve the case? May the surviving beneficiary still immigrate to the U.S.? In some cases, Section 204L Relief is the way. Hello, and welcome to the Legal Immigrant Podcast. I'm Diane Williams, your host and a U.S. immigration attorney at Diane Williams Law. In this episode, I'll cover Section 204L of the Immigration and Nationality Act, which is commonly called Survivor Law or Surviving Relatives Law. Before I discuss 204L, I'll do a quick review of two other types of immigration relief for survivors. First is Section 201-B2-AI Relief. This is only for widows or widowers of U.S. citizens to become permanent residents, even when the citizen has died, and the widow or widower must file a Form I-360 self-petition within two years of the citizen spouse's death, or have a pending or approved Form I-130 petition that was filed by the U.S. citizen spouse prior to death. Such an I-130 petition would automatically convert to a Form I-360 petition. The second is humanitarian reinstatement, which allows certain principal beneficiaries to become permanent residents even when the petitioner has died. Humanitarian reinstatement is only available to the principal beneficiary of an approved petition. It is not a remedy for persons whose petitions are still pending, or for derivatives of a principal beneficiary. Now I'll talk about section 204L, which became law in October 2009. It's especially helpful for beneficiaries who are outside the immediate relatives category. Immediate relatives are spouses and minor children of US citizens or parents of US citizen petitioners. In other categories demand usually exceeds supply of visas. So there's often a long wait to apply for permanent residence following approval of the immigrant petition. If the petitioner or the main beneficiary dies during the wait, what happens then? Section 204L allows certain beneficiaries and derivative beneficiaries to continue with an immigrant visa request or adjustment to permanent residence application even after the Form I-130 petitioner or principal beneficiary has died. Normally, a pending petition must be denied or an approved petition must be revoked if the petitioner dies before the beneficiary has already obtained the green card based on federal regulations. But INA 204L preserves U.S. immigration benefits for certain surviving relatives with pending or approved petitions. A December 16, 2010 USCIS Policy Memorandum outlines who is protected by Section 204L and how the relief works. So who is protected by Section 204L? Unlike the survivor benefits for widows and widowers of U.S. citizens, and unlike humanitarian reinstatement for principal beneficiaries of approved petitions, Section 204L relief protects a broader category of persons if they show they resided in the US at the time of the death and they continue to reside in the US. Section 204L provides benefits not only when the US citizen or permanent resident petitioner dies but also in some cases when the principal beneficiary or principal applicant dies. It allows eligible derivative beneficiaries to continue with the green card process even if the main beneficiary dies. Derivative beneficiaries are applicants who cannot be directly petitioned for, but may join the principal beneficiary based on a spousal or parent-minor-child relationship. You may qualify for 204L relief if you are one of the following. The principal or derivative beneficiary of a pending or approved I-130 family-based petition when the petitioner died. A derivative beneficiary of a pending or approved I-130 petition when the main beneficiary died, a derivative beneficiary of a pending or approved I-140 employment-based petition, when the main beneficiary has died, a beneficiary of a pending or approved I-730 refugee asylee relative petition, when the petitioner died, the derivative of a T or U non-immigrant visa holder, admitted as a derivative, and the principal T1 or U1 visa holder has died, or a derivative asylee and the principal asylee has died, Section 204L has a residence requirement. Certain petitions have more than one beneficiary. For 204L relief to apply, at least one beneficiary or derivative beneficiary must be residing in the U.S. at the time of the death and continue to reside in the U.S. If one beneficiary meets the residence requirement, all the beneficiaries can benefit from the relief. Residence is your primary home or your principal actual dwelling place, in fact, without regard to intent. Residence is not the same as physical presence or as having lawful non-immigrant status in the U.S. You may qualify while briefly abroad if you can show that your primary home is in the U.S. Incidental travel for participating in business trips, taking a vacation, or visiting family abroad does not affect 204L eligibility. 204L also has an admissibility requirement. Applicants may be found inadmissible under INA 212 at the time of the immigrant visa or adjustment of status interview. Inadmissibility grounds include 212A4, public charge, 212A9B, unlawful presence, and 212A6C1 fraud, or willful misrepresentation of material fact to gain U.S. immigration benefits. Let's go over public charge. Family-based applicants are normally required to submit a Form I-864 affidavit of support to show they will not become a public charge to the U.S. The death of the petitioner does not change this requirement. If the petitioner dies, there has to be a Form I-864 from a substitute sponsor who is a U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident, who is at least 18 years old, and is the spouse, parent, mother-in-law, father-in-law, sibling, child, who is at least 18 years old, or a son, or a daughter, or son-in-law, or daughter-in-law, or a sister-in-law, or a brother-in-law, a grandparent, a grandchild, or legal guardian of the applicant. Otherwise, you have to qualify for an exemption for filing the I-864 in one of two ways. One, you have earned or can receive credit for 40 quarters, or credits, that is 10 years of work in the U.S., as defined by the Social Security Act, regardless of the immigrant category. You will need to check your Social Security earnings statements. Do not count any quarters during which you received a means-tested public benefit. The second way is that you are under age 18, unmarried, immigrating as a child of a U.S. citizen, and are not likely to become a public charge and will automatically become a U.S. citizen under INA Section 320 upon your admission to the U.S. Now let's talk about unlawful presence or fraud or willful misrepresentation. You may still apply for the inadmissibility waivers that require extreme hardship to a qualifying relative, such as the INA-212A9BV waiver for unlawful presence and the INA-212I waiver for fraud or willful misrepresentation, if the qualifying relative is also the relative who died. USCIS will consider the death of a qualifying relative as the functional equivalent of a finding of extreme hardship. That is, USCIS will assume that the death of the qualifying relative amounts to extreme hardship for waiver purposes. A qualifying relative for the extreme hardship waiver is a U.S. citizen or permanent resident spouse or parent. Your case must also still warrant the favorable exercise of discretion, that is, the positive factors outweigh the negatives, for USCIS to grant the waiver. You also have to have a qualifying relative who was already a U.S. citizen or permanent resident at the time of the death, to be eligible for the waiver. If the deceased relative is not a qualifying relative for waiver purposes, you will need a qualifying relative to be eligible for the waiver. For example, if the principal beneficiary of an I-130 petition dies before he became a permanent resident, his spouse, that is the derivative beneficiary, may not have a qualifying relative to apply for a waiver if she is found inadmissible. Even when Section 204L applies, USCIS may still deny the petition as a matter of discretion if the approval would not be in the public interest. This exercise of discretion is not subject to appeal, although USCIS may review a timely motion to reopen or motion to reconsider. USCIS officers will not routinely use this discretionary authority to deny a visa petition that may now be approved, despite the death of a qualifying relative. In a visa petition proceeding that is not subject to Section 204C of the Act or some other approval bar, the overriding issue is simply whether the beneficiary qualifies for the visa classification sought. Adjustment to permanent resident status through the filing of an I-485 application is also a discretionary relief that USCIS may deny as a matter of discretion. Also, certain applicants are not eligible at all for adjustment and must depart the U.S. to apply for an immigrant visa at the U.S. consulate abroad. Section 204L applies only to petitions and applications adjudicated on or after October 28, 2009, when it became law. It applies to cases where the petitioner or qualifying relative died before October 28, 2009, but the petition or application was pending on that date or decided after that date. USCIS has stated it will allow untimely motions to reopen a petition, Adjustment Application or Waiver Application that was denied before October 28, 2009 if 204-L would permit approval. If USCIS denies a case on or after October 28, 2009 without considering whether 204-L applies, the agency must reopen the case on its own motion. So how do you apply for 204-L relief? There is no specific application form to submit or filing fee to pay to request 204-L relief. To apply for it, you should submit a letter to USCIS explaining your eligibility and provide supporting documents. If a petition is pending, you need to ask for an approval under 204-L despite the death. If the petition was approved prior to the death, you need to request the reinstatement of the approval under 204-L. USCIS instructs applicants to include the following with a 204L request. 1. The full name of the deceased relative, the principal applicant, and any derivative beneficiaries. 2. Any A numbers of the deceased relative, the principal applicant, and any derivative beneficiaries. 3. The receipt number for the underlying petition or application. 4. The relative's death certificate plus certified English translation if the document is in a foreign language 5 proof of residence in the US at the time of death up until the present time by at least one beneficiary an example is a rental lease or mortgage utility bills school records or pay stubs next is a form I-864 affidavit of support by a substitute sponsor or a form I-864W request for exemption for intended immigrants affidavit of support if applicable to determine where and when to file the Section 204L request, you may refer to the USCIS If-Then chart on its website, which is replicated in our article that is related to this topic or in the show notes of this podcast episode. Humanitarian reinstatement is not to be confused with Section 204L relief. If you believe, though, that the regulations allowing humanitarian reinstatement also apply to you, you should submit a single written request asking USCIS for both types of relief. Because there is no standardized application form, there is no means for USCIS to issue a receipt notice for 204L request relief. It is difficult for applicants to track progress or receive updates on such cases. Work with a qualified U.S. immigration attorney to prepare and file a clear, properly documented 204L request with USCIS. The attorney can also help you notify the U.S. Department of State that you're asking for this relief from USCIS if you will be applying for an immigrant visa at the U.S. consulate instead of applying for adjustment within the U.S. This is general information only. It is based on law, regulations, and policy that are subject to change. Do not consider it as legal advice for any specific case or situation. For a consultation on the 204-L relief or other possible remedies for surviving relatives, you may contact us directly through our website at dianewilliamslaw.com. If you like the Legal Immigrant Podcast, please hit the share and subscribe buttons and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or other app. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned for the next episode.